You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 144 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm exhausted. (laughs) Why are you exhausted? Oh my goodness. So for the last two days, I have not stopped. This is the first time I've actually sat down. Uh, Our office flooded as in five (laughs) inches of water, like covering all the power boards and all the network cables and all the computing cables. Fortunately, we had put our server on a table, so that's good. And the only reason our router was on a table was that we, it it, it was, it was, um, you know, playing up so frequently that we had to restart it so often we couldn't be bothered crawling under the desk every time. So we put it on the table and covered it and covered it with John Bon Jovi pictures. So fortunately, the router was on the table. But yes, there's a a lot of water damage and we had to go in there and move all everything out move all the furniture it has been exhausting oh my god Yes, so that's my big news for the week. (laughs) So I've done very little else apart from move stuff. (laughs) Get physical. Well, I hope it all dries out and uh, fortunately like nothing super important got lost. It's just an absolute pain, isn't it? Yes, an absolute pain. I hope nothing got lost. But, uh, yes, time will tell. So we we had to leave the, the, the office to basically drain and drive and have big fans on it and big um, leave the aircon on uh, for the, a couple of days for it to for it literally to dry out and hopefully when I turn up there tomorrow morning we'll be able to start getting things organized oh so that's my week how about you what's been oh, happening in the world of Gina flat out Val so I'm currently in the middle of uh, packing I've got a 10 day oh, shoot yes. over that I'm heading off to uh, in a couple of days. So I'm organising, you know, the important things, Val, undies, uh, (laughs) because it's always like, you know, my style is uh, as I'm about to out the door, I've got the hairdryer out, I'm hand drying stuff because I was like, I want to take those on. yes. So it's just like I've got to have everything laid out. There has to be a checklist. I've got to make sure I've got everything that I need because the last yes. thing you want to be is somewhere way away from home and go, oh, where's this cable? <laughs> I didn't yes. bring it on. So, yeah, it's like a, a two or three-day um, effort to just to get me packed and wow. onto the plane. 
you know, I collapse what, in a heap. One and thing watch that I suggest, um, I recommend this app that I use all the time called Trip List, and it's just an app. I think it's free, and um, you can have different lists. For example, I have a different domestic travel list as I do yeah. for an international travel list because obviously you need different uh, power adapters and you yeah. need your passport and various other things when you travel internationally. So you might have a wedding checklist for wedding photography or a portrait checklist for portrait photography, that sort of thing. You, you can divide it however you like. And it has – I understand about the undies thing because I got this app after for the two, millionth time, not quite millionth, but after too many times of landing in a city and going, oh, my goodness, I have no underwear. Uh, there, uh, there, it sounds so true. You then have to go and get department like a store from a thrift shop. They're not the same. And if you can't I open know. them up, you know, I've got my ones that I like that are comfy. I know. Do you have like the ones that you wear for a big event that you just know they're not going to let you down? Like they're not going to ride up in the wrong place. <laughs> they're going to support you where you need it. Like, you know, the big ones. <laughs> they're super comfy. They're the ones that I want on a big shoot day. It's not. It's not just about photography. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. But this podcast is not about underwear. It is, in fact, about photography. And we would like to send out a shout out to Creative Lee from Australia. And Creative Lee has left us a review and rating on iTunes. And they've said, "I just love this podcast. I can't wait each week to listen to the newest episodes." And I absolutely adore the new minisodes. I, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. Um, I find Gina and Valerie's generous nature so refreshing. The fact that they are so willing to share their knowledge and experiences is such a treat. I feel hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, creatively. We really appreciate it. Yes, and we love that you threw in hashtag blessed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the hashtag used by Instagrammers everywhere who are Instagramming their life and how fabulous it is and uh, making sure that you know that how fabulous it is but then using hashtag blessed to yes. make them feel that, you know, actually they're grateful. <laughs> so um, love that. And if you do have uh, 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, we have an interview this week with a woman with an awesome name. Yeah, I know. It's the coolest name ever, isn't it? Yes. Now, her name is Christina Force. Yes. I love it. I feel yeah. like, you know, uh, that on the weekends she's Wonder Woman or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, Christina she is a bit, Force. She is, she is a bit of a Wonder Woman. She's amazing. Um, Christina is a uh, an ex-photo rep. She used to work in the advertising industry and now um, – and she's, like, got 30 years' experience under her belt. And I kept on hearing about her. I got, heard all these great things and I thought this would be a great interview mm. for – 
the podcast listeners because like we've got uh, listeners that are on various stages of their, I have to use a reality show uh, term, journey, Val. <laughs> yes, um, and, journey. and uh, it comes from – have you been watching The Bachelor? There's like – do you watch no, it? No, I, I don't really like watching The Bachelor, yeah, no. No, but they use that word a lot and like, yeah. They use it on everything, Gina. They, they use it on every single TV reality show. Well, is there a new word that we can introduce instead of journey? Path. Oh, so there's uh, lots of our podcast listeners on various stages of their path. It doesn't sound as good, Val. Okay. Journey works for me. But, like, right. so we've got um, photographers who have just bought their brand-new camera and they're just getting yes. their head around, you know, getting off auto and shooting manual mode. There's also we've got uh, emerging photographers that are just starting to, you know, break into the industry and uh, starting to, to, to get some jobs. And then there's also uh, quite a lot of photographers who are maybe 10, 15, 20 years in and that are listening to the podcast, which is fantastic. And every single one of them, I think, like, can uh, benefit from the stuff that Christina had to say and she had some gold, some gems that, uh, of information that she shared. And so basically what she does is uh, she's got this online mentoring program where she helps photographers uh, find out who they are as photographers. She, she will uh, have a look at the folio and, like, using her experience working in the advertising industry, she knows what makes a website pop, what's going to make people stop and take notice and make these websites stand out. So she's got some great information uh, in this podcast about that, like what sort of stuff should you put out there? How should you organize it? Um, How should you be presenting yourself? How do you get that uh, cut through into the industry, whether you're an emerging photographer and you want to start shooting say editorial or you want to break into the advertising industry or even for uh, we've got lots of listeners who are shooting for the domestic market and so that's portraits and weddings how do you stand out in that market because the reality is there's so many photographers out there but there are so many that um everyone's stuff looks the same. So how can you be the person that stands out? And we talk about uh, a lot in, um, uh, you know, in the courses and uh, the the blog posts and everything that that we're doing at GinaMilitia.com is about – you know, those little one percenters, what can you do to make your work stand out? And I talk about it from the technical side, like, you know, being great at lighting, knowing how to pose and and make people feel uh, natural and at ease. And these are the things that like when someone looks at a photo, that stands out. And then Christina takes that all of that, so it's it's based on uh, people who do have an understand basic understanding on how to shoot. You know, they know how to shoot. They just now want to take their work to the next level. So, like, she's amazing at that sort of stuff. So, lots and lots and lots of great info that she generously shared in this interview. So, let's have a listen then to Christina. <laughs> Christina Force, how's it going? Great, thank you. How are you going, Gina? I'm great. Where are we speaking to you? Whereabouts in the world are you? 
I'm sitting in the music room of my house in Titarangi in Auckland, looking out at the rainforest and the Manukau Harbour, which wow. is where and I live. I needed you, Christina, when I did the show about my trip around New Zealand because I completely butchered all the names of all the places that I went to because it, like, they just you just sound like a, a native when you say it. But you, like, you don't have a New Zealand accent. So, where were you from originally? <laughs> I've really worked hard on not having a New Zealand accent, but I think I have one now. Um, I'm originally from the UK. I yeah. actually still have a UK passport. I still haven't got citizenship. Really? I just I just travelled so much when I was an agent that I just yeah. could never give up my passport to get one. Um, so I'm originally from the UK, and then I actually lived in Sydney for four years yeah. um, before coming to New Zealand. Yeah, so I ended up here about frighteningly 23 years ago with my husband who was an art director and he got a job at Saatchi and Saatchi down in Christchurch. Nice. Yeah, so we moved over here and kind of our family grew up, our kids grew up here. What a beautiful place to raise children. It's an amazing, amazing place, New Zealand. I just thought it was just beautiful and I've only tapped into it. I need to come back and, um, you know, spend some time. I didn't really spend a lot of I was only in Auckland for a few days and I was working. So um, I'll definitely come back and and check it out. So uh, you said that you, you know, in a past life, you were a photo rep before you started this business. What was that like? Um, well, gosh, I actually started my first photo rep job was actually in Sydney, really? <laughs> which is, is a not very super well-known fact. But um, Is this I in the 80s, with- 90s? <laughs> hang on, it 90s. Was, hang on, what was it? It was very early. It was like... Yeah, very, very early 90s. Right. I arrived in Sydney on the turn of the millennium from yeah. 89 to 90. And I was, I'd left Saatchi's London and mm. I was really over the advertising industry. Yeah. And I was working with photographers in Sydney, just kind of doing a bit of styling work and a bit of assisting. And I was styling a job for a really, really wonderful photographer called Graham McCarter. Uh-huh. And he, I was chatting to the clients. <laughs> I was chatting to the clients so much he was not able to get his message across to me that he needed me to fix up some wardrobe. And <laughs> and in the end, he was having to shout, Christina, will you just do the damn waistcoat? And I sort of leapt out of my sort of deep and meaningful conversation with the client. And <laughs> after that session, he turned to me and he said, Christina, I just think you need to be my agent. <laughs> oh, really? Is that how it started? That's how it happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so and it cool. Was, it was the perfect synchronicity between my my history working in advertising in London and I'd actually worked at Saatchi, Sydney, and and then sort of my love of photography. And But I never wanted to be a photographer because I couldn't stand the apertures and the f-stops and the <laughs> darkroom. Um, so, yes, so don't talk to me about any equipment because it's, I'm just not interested. I glaze over. Right. But, um, but my love of photography and the art of photography, I guess, and looking at work and my experience from working as a layout artist in an ad agency. I had a graphic design background. So 
I have a reasonably creative eye yep. um, was was just perfect, but also my compulsion to network and chat to people. <laughs> we, so it was just perfect. So this is something that you do naturally. You're a good networker. You're good at chatting and, and you have all these skills. Uh, for a lot of photographers, that's not our strong point. It's like we're good at the – technical side the stuff that you just said you have no interest in so I think (laughs) it's a marriage made in heaven when you like I think the mistake that a lot of photographers make is they believe that they have to do it all themselves or no do you know what I mean it's like you need to be uh, not only the the great at the technical side of photography but you also need to know how to get out there and um sell yourself to to clients and things like this but where where do you learn how to do that Christina like you know and, and that's the thing that I struggled with when I was coming up and I was very lucky to have some great mentors that actually mm. that I got to watch and I learned the art of networking and there's a lot more to it than people like seem to think there is isn't that the case it it is it's gosh it's there's so many things I could mention but I'll, I'll mention a client I had um who was a really shy photographer and his specialty was wildlife right and he had sold loads of shots through Gettys to yeah. massive brands all around the world but he wanted to get a higher end, um, some higher end work, which is kind of what I specialize in. I specialize in helping photographers get to that next level, whether it's, you know, an editorial photographer busting into the ad industry or, yep. a, um, or a, a someone who's just starting out busting into the editorial or, or yep. people breaking into a new market, yep. you know, into a new country. So for him, it was kind of moving from editorial into advertising and design. And he's just the sweetest, most lovely man. And he wouldn't kill a flea and he adores nature. And in his world, he would just sit in a forest in the bottom of New Zealand, photographing birds for weeks on end. That's his dream job. Sounds like heaven to me too. And he used to say to me, oh, Christina, I just don't know. I'm just not that person. You know, we were doing his bio and he's saying, I can't, I, I need, he was thinking, he had to tell people that he was this, hey, I'm a, this, you know, upbeat guy. I'm going to be able to get on with you really well and do all these things and you know and one of my biggest focuses with everyone I work with is this absolute expression of authenticity and who you are and with him I helped him craft a bio um, that actually conveyed this I said to him look you don't he doesn't he he's brilliant one-on-one he just didn't like crowds and you know but if you could get into an interesting conversation with someone oh my gosh you know he's just he's great you know like most of you most photographers are fine if they don't feel overwhelmed or out of their depth so I I said to him well let's preempt this let's make sure that people understand this. So when I get photographers to do their bios, I often get them to reveal what they believe is the worst aspect of themselves ah, and actually turn that into a positive. Right. Um, and so in his case, as an example, a bit shy, you know, a bit, a bit reclusive, likes to hang out with birds, <laughs> like the, the feathery type. Yeah. And, um, and so we said, look, you know, this is what he's about. He's, a, he's about animals. He's about wildlife. He has an 
incredible love of nature and he's really really a calm quiet man and the reason he has won awards for his work is because he can sit there quietly for hours on end until he gets the shot yeah and that is what a client needs if they want that kind of shot. They don't want the guy that's dancing on the table no, and drinking until with them. No, five in the morning and then rocking up yeah. to the shoot. Yeah, no, yeah. of course. They need the guy that's going to be up that's not drinking because he doesn't drink. He's a vegan, of course. You know, <laughs> they need the guy that's going to be in bed early up with asparagus fart and, yes. you know, and sitting in the forest while they're all still sort of kipping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, meet them at breakfast with the shot you know so this is that's who he is and so I said to him if you are very open about that then anyone who employs you is not going to expect anything else yeah and they're going to employ you because of that but those are the benefits to you and that's why you are the type of photographer you are and so I'm a really big fan of being really clear about who you are as a person yeah and and that's uh, Christina. Like I a couple of months ago, I was having uh, lunch with a uh, friend of mine. who's a photographer who he also we worked together for several years. He was my assistant, and now he's uh, a, an emerging uh, photographer, and he's he's excellent. But he was raving about your course that he did, and uh, he was telling <laughs> me. And the thing that stopped me, and I went, "Oh, wait, wait a minute, you do what?" was how much you focus on it's it's not about like these are the f-stops and this is how your folio needs to be it's not so much the technical side that i assume you need to have before you come to you like you'd want to have the the shooting covered you know how to shoot you know how to expose you know how to light you've got some sort of sense of an idea of all of that you've formed as a photographer and then they come to you and i've seen there there are a lot of um people out there that are doing uh, similar sort of stuff, but basically, what it is is they'll they'll take the folio and they'll say, "Okay, uh, he, here it is. Let's just sort it out, and off you go." And so mm. you get this kind of pretty looking folio, but it's someone else's idea of who you are. And also the thing about my friend is he is very shy as a guy and, but he's a beautiful guy. And, um, when, when he started telling me that you, you focus on, um, this whole other uh, inner work that you do to focus on who they are, what they stand for, you know, developing uh, uh, the the personal projects and like teaching people all of that. I'm like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing because it's like that's the next step, that's the missing link for most photographers. It's like they wonder why I can't cut through the market and it's like well the reason that most photographers can't cut through is because they're trying to be like everybody else yeah and exactly. you've got you've got like photographers that are like I'm sure like me you've been to a number of graduate shows you go to the graduate yeah. shows and what you kind of just keep seeing aside from a few like examples you start to see that whatever the hit style of that year was there it is you know it's this particular you just keep seeing it over and again (laughs) what's worse and I I, and I think this is the fault of the the teachers as you see the teacher 
Exactly. That's, you just walk around from shot to shot to shot and mm. it might as well have been the teacher yeah. who shot all the images. And that sometimes they're even mounted and printed the same way. And I just think, oh, my God, that's to me that's not the student's fault. That's an no. absolute um you know, the teacher just not knowing how to teach. Exactly. Just imposing their views on someone else. And that's how you pass. Else. You get a good mark if you make it look yeah. as much like – Yeah. So we're creating all these clones and I think uh, it was before the internet, it was possibly a lot easier to develop a, a unique style because we didn't get to see – a lot yeah. of other photographers work and we didn't get I to agree. we didn't get to see their style so we sort of developed uh unique styles uh we might have had people photographers that we idolized and we might have like been able to bring in something of their style but we never had that exact uh blueprint that here's where the light goes here's the here's the brand of light here's the color temperature here's the, the you know the exact plan you can now create you know whatever photography style that you want. And so uh, now that it's all out there, I think photographers, uh, the, the, the misinformation that's out there is people believe that they have to have all this work out there to be considered uh, good at what they do. So you should have clones of all the best kinds of photography and you mm. end up having like all this photography that's very beige. It's very same, same. Yeah. So, so, the thing I love, you've got the, um, uh, when you sign up to your newsletter, you give away uh, these eight steps to getting paid to um, sh- what, what's your tagline? Help your serious, <laughs> which I love. And you you have this list of quotes that you sent me. Oh, my God, they're amazing. But helping serious <laughs> photographers get paid to shoot what they love. So yeah. how – how do we get seen? So what 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 do you recommend? So I'm a, let's just say let's just go back in time. I'm now a 25 um, year old emerging photographer. I've done my couple of years. I've done a few years. I've I've got my uh, understanding of lighting. I know how to expose. I know how to shoot. I know how to pose people. I've got you know I've been working for some a uh, few editorial clients. I'm doing some PR mm. and I'm starting to dabble in a bit of advertising. But I'm staying at the same level I now want to push up I want a better quality of client what what's the first thing I do so I've got my folio my website that I've shown you it's got 15 categories Christina because (laughs) uh, my folio I'm not quite sure what I want to do so I've got all my food in there I've got my product photography I've got PR I've got I've got some architecture that I did I've got my travel mm. photography on there. I've got some portraits and, you know, because I do the odd wedding because I'm still emerging. So I've got my <laughs> yes, weddings. You're so so you're, you're loving it. You just know, don't you? I've got, all my, <laughs> I've got my, all my weddings on there as well. So that, that should, because it's like I'm putting out a very wide net now, that should yeah. nail me lots of work because I'm covering, I'm making everybody happy here. Why aren't I getting work? I don't understand, Christina. What's wrong with my folio with the 17 category? I'm thinking of adding more. I'm going to add a few extra niches because I'm thinking of doing frogs. And you don't want to miss out on that, do you? Left-handed frogs, I'm heard, is a big and very sexy new niche, so I should have a little tab for left-handed tab. <laughs> That's funny. What am I doing um, wrong? <laughs> so, 
okay, so, oh gosh, where do I start? All right, so <laughs> let's just take you through the process. So yes. first of all, I would want to, I, I would not get bogged down in categories or themes or what you've shot and who you've shot for. I don't really care about that at mm. this stage. I mean, it's great that you've worked for a few people and that's really great. That's going to set you in good stead. But at mm. the end of the day, the first thing I would want to do would be to let your work speak to me. And um, and you might want to explain all these shots to me, but I don't want to hear your explanation or your intellectualization of your shots. What, because... but, but that shot, that cover of um, <laughs> left-handed frogs day, that's a cover. That's a cover I've included yep. in that because it's a cover. <laughs> Left-handed daily, it's a prestigious magazine <laughs> in the southwest of Tasmania. Left-handed frog daily, I got the cover. It's got a few other ads around it, but it's still got the cover. I should have that. That's number. That's my first image in my folio. <laughs> okay. Well, we can address that later. <laughs> Gina but what we need to do is actually establish what your key style is and the tone of your voice like your right. photographic voice okay now I we live in you know you're in Australia I'm in New Zealand and even in Asia in parts of Asia and around the world it, it's all about tone okay right. if you're trying to sell a product you might shoot a car you might shoot a bunch of flowers you might shoot a, a holiday you know for visa right for yeah. example but the thing that's going to pull that campaign together is this really con congruent tone, like a cohesive tone. So my job is to find your tone. And I do that by going through about 300 of your images or yeah. less. Um, I could do it in 20. Yeah. But, um, I jump through those images and I just kind of hone in on the very best work, the work that kind of makes me, that moves me, that, um, yes, compositionally is great. Lighting's great if there's talent or models in it, you know, skin and all that kind of stuff yeah. has to work. But at the end of the day, it has to move me. I have to kind of go, wow, or my, you know, an intake of breath. And I know that, oh, that's beautiful. So any of those shots I hit like that, and it's very intuitive, I'll put into a separate folder. And then while I, when I look into that folder, I'll see – and I don't even prejudge it myself because anything can happen. Yeah. So I, I, it's very, very instinctive because when you think about it, someone going through a website really quickly, which is what people do, they're mm. clicking through, click, click, mm. click, 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 you know, and they've all got ADHD now. Yes. So they're looking at through the website and they are only – they're going to need to get a really strong sense of who you are really fast. So – that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to jump in on those shots that make you go oh, and help right. you create an opening to your website that makes everyone go, oh, 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 this is amazing. And keep clicking and keep clicking and lengthen the amount of times they click so that they're on your website longer than anyone else's. And by honing in on a key, on the strongest work, I firstly identify what your best work is. Right. And I guarantee without fail that's the work you love doing yeah. um so now it, and i'm not going to say it's going to be weddings sometimes some of the hero shots in there might be from a wedding yeah it might be it might be a left-handed frog yeah and it might be um a, a landscape it could be anything but it will definitely have a reoccurring 
tone and approach. You'll find I'll find that you generally like shooting, you know, dramatically with you know low angles and yeah. you know graphic lines, or it might be very calm and observational. And it's what's fascinating about this is that I often get a really strong sense of who the photographer is as a person simply by sort of analyzing their work really so they can't hide stuff from me so where you've done all those funny treatments on those things because the client wanted it or because you thought you needed to I I kind of dig through that stuff I'm really good at digging and I'm really good at kind of just working my way through the muck (laughs) Uh and finding those amazing amazing gems and then they go into a folder and then we have a conversation and we go right this is who you are this is what you need to build on moving forward and with that we then talk about type of clients that might want that style of work type of you know and so forth so all of that is really really crucial and I find that the work is far more powerful in communicating to me what you really want (laughs) than than you are because we can't help but be influenced by circumstances and what we perceive as being right and what's being drummed into us and conditioned into us by that stupid teacher at art college who didn't have any idea because they've never actually been a working photographer all this (laughs) all this stuff so it just gets absorbed and we don't even notice it so I have actually asked photographers no what do you want and they've wasted so much time at the beginning listening to them and hearing what they wanted to do and them telling me, oh, I want to shoot this and this, and then looking at their work and realizing that that was not where their strengths were. And then when I went back to them with that, they've said, oh, well, no, yes, of course I love doing that, but I didn't think I could get paid to do that. So I let the work speak to me first. To me, it's a window to your soul. Yes. And it's the most revealing thing, you know, to me about who you are. And then um, we kind of work on other foundations like, what, why are you doing this? And, and what do you want? What, what do you personally want? What do you want to see out of your window? And, you know, you can choose to share that stuff with me or not, but it's a case of you getting very clear on who you are and why you're doing this and making sure that your personal vision aligns with your photographic vision, right. that you don't let your work control you, that you control it. And once you get those really great foundations down, including your values, things you care about, your causes, anything that you know, you're know really passionate about, once we get that into place, then if you do my program, then I would get you onto a personal project that represents all of those things and a few more checkboxes. Interesting. So let's just let's just go back to that that first point. So you you come in and you're like a declutterer of folios. So you come yeah. in and you take out all the the guff. And so like um, when when we're um, putting ourselves out there, putting the work out there, I think a lot of photographers believe that it is like show everything to attract the client yeah. but it's it's and I give the analogy that it's like uh, when I go to a gelati shop and there are more than 20 flavors I suffer overwhelm yeah and yeah. I, I can't choose so I give up and I walk away and I like the same I've said this about uh, photographers who are like the portrait photographers who put up their price list and they've got a hundred different packages 
and, the, and <laughs> on there because they're trying to cover every different scenario. But the poor client goes to the website, sees a hundred, and it's just overwhelming. You can't make a decision. You shut down. So the same yeah. can be said for folios. And if uh, like uh, I think that it's an increasingly high percentage of people are now browsing the net on a smartphone or a, an iPad, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, if the the folio has lots of different tabs, uh, the images are slow to upload and they've got to navigate around or it's one of those folios that is just really clever. Have you, you know those folios <laughs> just like designed <laughs> and you've got to find the button, but it's yeah, not. Oh, it's not yeah. <laughs> do you, what, do you, what do you think about those? <laughs> Smart folios. Um, yeah, so you mean that they're on, on their website? So it's on the website, but it's designed, it's so clever that you've got to tap around for an hour oh, before, yeah, you, no. before you find yeah. the button that actually gets you into the photos and you're just so oh, frustrated. Yes. <laughs> so frustrated because I'm thinking, okay, if I was, you know, a, a little client. hipster, uh, you know, a 22-year-old hipster, then that's fine. But you have to yes. think about, like, who are the majority of the uh, – that are going to have the $100,000 job for you? It's not going to be a 22-year-old. It's probably going to be someone in their 40s, 50s, right? They're, well, they're not yes, going to want to go to that website where they're having to, like – tap around and touch a magic door and you know what there's a like a little dot in the corner (laughs) yeah no that that's a pain but having said that I'm really and this is what I'm like with folios too and which I only do once anyone everyone has you know done the work work. with me I know they understand who their target market is but um and that comes from their their voice their brand right their look and their feel and their strong style that defines who their target clients is and once they understand who their target clients are then they can start building their website but they have to think about it so I always say the work is authentic the the um the story is authentic that's your bio Mm. everything on there is authentic but the language has to be the target client's language so the website to me is the translator it's the it's the vehicle between which you communicate you know from from you to clients and from clients to you it's kind of you reaching into their world right and so if your target client is hipsters and you've have done enough research yeah. that proves that they like those squiggly, difficult websites, which I have to agree, I don't know anyone that does. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, then that's what they need to do. So it's no hard and fast rules, except that at this point, they should have a really, really good understanding of who their clients are. And there is no excuse for them not to, because photographers, these days we can, we can jump on Google and we can mm. find out everything we need to know about our target clients. And the key with target clients is they're not faceless companies. There's people behind those faceless yeah. companies making decisions, human beings. And we can jump onto Facebook and we can stalk. And I know this photographer's go, oh, but I shouldn't do that. Well, <laughs> honey, your competition's doing it. So you've got yeah. to do it. And and I, that's where I kind of say, you know, do the research. And it's the bit that's kind of probably photographers and this is true of a lot of people would rather spend all the time and energy and money if you know putting together a massive marketing campaign and promos and emails that go out to hundreds of people rather than rather than invest that time into actually clarifying 
some key people mm. that with with all and putting the extra work into those people that could potentially become hundreds of people, you Let, know, or become hundreds of dollars. Let's just chat about that for a minute. So it, this is like the targeting uh, clients and networking. So when I was starting out, we didn't have uh, like the ability to do massive emails or mail outs. The way, the way you got to meet clients was we went on go sees. We would have yep. our folio, <laughs> the prints organized, and I would get on the phone and I would call uh, art directors and say, I'm doing go sees on Thursday. Can I come and show you my folio? And they'd <laughs> either say, uh, and then often it was uh, if you wanted to see a really good art director, it might have been um, several months of phone tag. But I found yeah. if I persevered, I got a meeting. Yeah. The mistake I made very early on in my career was like I had, if I had a meeting with Suchi and Suchi organised for Thursday, already in my head I had uh, bought the new yacht and the new car because <laughs> I had a meeting and that meant, oh, I'd have the meeting and they'd look at it, they'd flick through, they'd go, yeah, your stuff's really good. And I'd leave that meeting and I'd be calling friends going, oh, yeah, I'm um, going to be working for Suchi and Suchi. They love my work. <laughs> and uh, I'll just uh, pick up a new car on the way home because it's like I'm in. This is it, right? <laughs> That's then, hilarious. Right. And it, it happened like I'd have eight in a day and I'd leave all those uh, go-sees and I'd um, think, yeah, I'm totally, I've made it. They all said I'm great. They all love my work. And then, <laughs> Christina, they didn't call me back. <laughs> right? And I'd be devastated and I'm like, well, that's it. I suck. That's it. They don't like me. It's all over. But the mistake I made was I need to develop a relationship. You know, I've yeah. got other examples where I went back and one of my biggest clients today, I went back eight times. Every year, right. another meeting. Here's another folio. Hey, going guys. Finally, they gave me a break. Tiny little job, and then every month it just got bigger and bigger. And so there's that developing a relationship. How does that work in this age, Christina? It's like I was going with the folio under my arm and doing it that way, face to face networking. What are you recommending to your clients to go out there and how are they um, being found and discovered? Well, these days, of course, the website is the main way that people are going to find you. And if you want a meeting with a creative in an ad agency and and they they still meet with photographers not mm. you know they will still do that so those opportunities are still there um but if you phone up if you manage to get a meeting if you manage to get in on the phone to a, an art director mm. and I have views on that too. I, I'm a kind of I, I believe in warm calling. I don't believe right. in cold what calling. What does warm That's... calling mean? How do you define <laughs> define warm calling? It's my own little invention. You what? Um, have a cup so... of tea while you're calling and have a water bottle. What is it? <laughs> so we all talk about cold calling, and yeah. that is, you know, you pick up the phone. You've never spoken to them before yeah. in your life. They don't know who you are. Yeah. That's the that's the, I guess the main. Um, meaning of that is they don't know you yeah okay so that's how I would identify that expression and so you pick up the phone they don't know you chances are they might not even answer the phone their receptionist will get it and 
fob you off or someone out that you'll get you'll get sort of passed on through to someone who you don't want to speak to trust yeah, me yeah because they'll do everything they can to prevent you from seeing that person so um what I want to do is get the photographers I work with in a place where when they do pick up that phone they are warm calling and what that means to me is that the person at the other end knows who you are right and that makes a huge difference I've had clients you know photographers phone up their dream clients after putting into place a nice little warm-up program which is what I suggest and it's very it's really there's very little but it has to be done and and they answer that you know the client will pick up the phone or they'll go straight through to the person they want to speak to and and I always say to introduce themselves to never assume that the person knows but by then they will have received several things from you and and literally as they introduce themselves hi I'm Robert Smith literally been interrupted I know who you are oh my god how great to hear from you how are you going I love that shot you sent me so that is a completely different response to someone cold calling saying hi my name's Robert Smith and I'm a photographer and they go um, even if you get to speak to them, they go, um, yeah, kind of okay. busy. Yeah. You know, uh, who are you? Um, now the other way, the other thing that happens now is that art director, art directors and decision makers can jump on the, um, their computer, which will inevitably be in front of them or their yeah. device. And as you say who you are, if they don't know who you are, they can jump on and look at your website. And if Stay your away. website isn't up to scratch, you will not get a meeting. That It used yeah. to be completely different. We didn't have this website working for us or working against yeah. us. And in many cases, it's working against people. So if a photographer comes to me for advice and says, oh, I want you to build my portfolio, the first place I look is their website. Yeah. If their website isn't up to scratch, I'll tell them don't waste your money right. because you're not even going to get in the door of an ad agency with that website. <laughs> um, and that's where we might have to start the process of actually culling their work. And that's where I'll often just do what I call an image blitz, and which is what I described earlier, where yep. I just kind of go through. Because, um, you know, there's no point in them doing step nine when they have not figured out step one. Exactly. It's just a waste. So back to the website, how many – how many images is too many images? Like, should we? It, is it better to have more? Is it few? Should you have five? What, what, what's? Is there a number? Or, or what do you think mm. about that? Again, totally depends on your target market. So I mm-hmm. always leave that open. But I, what I tend to say, so to people who are just starting out as mm-hmm. photographers, you know, I'd rather not see too many categories I'd rather just see a beautiful collection of work that is single-minded and has one voice whatever it is um that speaks volumes but doesn't you know doesn't let itself down with a whole load of extra stuff jammed in there that doesn't really work so I'll so with people starting out what I'll say to them generally is just give me a beautiful overview, something that yeah. helps people understand who you are as right. a photographer. You know what? If they love it, they can always pick up the phone and ask for more or they can always email you or whatever. You know, as long as you've got a con- contact details on there and some work that's going to blow their socks off as opposed to a whole load of categories of le- left-handed frogs and everything, yeah. you're just going to scare them off. And I will at this point, you know, just warn any photographers shooting in the domestic market. Now, the domestic market is your weddings and your portraits. 
you really cannot be showing work that is overtly domestic to an, an advertising design um, and editorial market. So you can lump advertising design and editorial as a target market together because those are, I hate the word, but that is more commercial, right? Yes. They're discerning creative people who are making decision makers who understand what a good photography is, right? So they have a high expectation. Now, Look, so do, so do clients who you Joe blogs down the road and so forth. Of course they are too, but they have, they're looking for different things. And yeah. unfortunately, and I, I, it doesn't mean that one is better than the other, but unfortunately advertising people are very judgmental and a bit funny and thingy about <laughs> wedding photographers. So if they think that you're shooting weddings, chances are they're not going to employ you. Yeah, they're just and not. And it's, so what I've seen, uh, Christina, a lot of very high-end advertising and uh, editorial photographers, like what they would do is uh, because as you're emerging, you've still got to eat and, and pay the bills. So yes. a, a lot of photographers are doing weddings and doing them beautifully, but like their passion has always to do advertising or they do both, but what they do is they don't show their weddings or any of their portrait work or any of that sort of domestic stuff on their advertising uh, website. They just have their, uh, you know, high-end advertising commercial yeah. work, right? And then they might have they'll, – they'll send clients to another website, completely different name, where they feature their wedding and their portrait work. And I've seen that, like, that happens – so often it's not funny because, like, yes, yeah. you still have to be fed and uh, pay the bills, but you don't need to. Like, so what you're saying is put the put the kind of work up that you for the clients that you want to attract. So if you want to get more weddings, then show your weddings. If you want advertising agency work, then you've got to show uh, work that uh, is going to impress art directors. So on that, Christina, what? Mm -hmm. uh, what should I be showing in the folio then if it's not my left-handed frog? So if I've done a lot of commercial jobs, like lots of commercial jobs, is that what I should be showing or is it something else? So, it, again, it always comes back to your style. So that is my, like, the number one anchor. And it's, it's such a great thing to know what your photographic voice is because yeah. – because when you know this, you can kind of just, you know what you're going to say yes to when someone doesn't have much money because you know that it could be a great portfolio piece and you know yeah. what you're going to say no to. Yeah. Or you're going to say, yes, I can do that, but you need to pay me lots of money because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not going to go in my portfolio. So you can start to set up really brilliant parameters. And um, That's a so, really good point. That's, a, that's an excellent yeah. point. So a lot of photographers get bogged down in thinking about it's only about the money, but like you encourage your uh, photographers to do personal projects and I believe that if you aren't doing personal projects then you, like part of you dies <laughs> it's yeah, just exactly. very hard to keep going your style suffers as a result so you encourage your photographers to get out there and, and have a like a personal project and always have something on the go so yeah. I, like I think that's uh, it's so important and it says so much of, about you as a photographer, you know, is that mm. right? So you're, you're constantly getting your photographers to work on those. 
Yeah, but I have quite strict criteria around these projects, and and in fact, the criteria is probably probably helps in the end. It's designed to make it so that it's easy for them to shoot these personal projects, as opposed to difficult. Because what I I see so often projects that get started and don't get completed because they're too complicated. So, part of my criteria, apart from your projects meeting, you know, sitting with your your style and uh, and reflecting your values and purpose, they also need to be easy. I always say my two main things needs to be easy to shoot when you're busy, right? right? So you can still do it and it needs to be easy to shoot when you're poor. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. So it's not like you're having to um, remortgage Find or, the or money. take yeah, the credit exactly. card to, to do this shoot to, yeah, to, so to show up it, your style. And I literally, as you mentioned before, something dies inside. I so agree with that. I literally, I think of um, your personal project. Personal project needs to be like brushing your teeth. It's incredibly important to your creative health and to your, and this is your business. This is how you get your money. So if you're not nurturing that with, if you're a model and you don't keep your teeth white, you might not get, you know, and if you don't look after your house or, or have nice skin. So this is how important it is. It's part of your health regime as a creative person is to be constantly producing something that is personal. Now, I think that all photographers should have a long-term ongoing project Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, shorter projects that fulfill a need or an urge. But what I see is photographers shooting, you know, maybe one shot and producing it and going, hey, look, this is my personal project shot. And it's like <laughs> nothing else in their book. You just right. go, I mean, as an agent, I speak to so many agents around the world. I consult to agents in LA and in, yeah. in New Zealand and in Australia. And they have the same problems that I had as an agent. And that is that the, work, the hardest thing to get photographers to do once they have an agent is to do personal work. And it, it's really, really crazy because they're actually cutting off their own noses you know (laughs) without realizing it so um so I really and and then you'd get these photographers and come in and they'd be so proud of themselves because they've got two shots and as I said they're just so irrelevant and you just and they're so pleased with themselves but and you're trying to figure out how to tell them that you're not going to be able to use that in your their folio or in any of their marketing because it's going to completely confuse their clients so that was always a challenge as an agent. So I took all that on board when I work with my photographers on their personal projects, and I really work hard on making sure that those sorts of things don't happen. Um, it's all about building your folio. It's about building your brand. It's about keeping it in the right voice. It's about doing whatever you want to do to change the world. You know, it's about every you know bringing all these things into your personal project so that it becomes something that you're really passionate about, and yeah. then you leverage that you leverage that work and those personal projects to target people so you get those projects out there yeah. hopefully if you've ticked all the boxes and it's super authentic the right clients are going to be attracted to you and yeah. in the advertising world what turns advertising people on now is not just unfortunately not just the photography but it's also the idea so you might have noticed that you know you see something on youtube and it goes viral and then suddenly telecom are using it in an ad right, right. how yeah, often do yeah, you see yeah, that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And sadly, that's what's happening in the photography world. So creatives look at, um, you know, 
date and they might see someone, a photographer might have shot an idea or done a story, a reportage, or an ongoing project, you know, every morning at 7 a.m. at Flinders Street Station or whatever, you know. Yeah. And that, you know, and you think, gosh, they could stick a logo on that and that would be their brand. And to yeah. be quite honest, it's lazy, but a lot of them do it. No, I've seen it like more and more and, and it's like the what I notice now is I'll get a call from um, an agency and they'll say, okay, so uh, we saw this shot here and this one here. Yeah. So we just want you to recreate those for us. And so they're both personal work and uh, um, come from my Instagram account and uh, the thing that yeah. I've done with my Instagram is I don't I only post uh, my personal projects there's none of my commercial work is on my Instagram just personal projects yeah and, and you will not see a shot of what I had for lunch on my Instagram so I'm not Yay. I don't I don't <laughs> use my Instagram to show my personality but you will get a sense of who I am in what I write about the photo so I've kept and and this has been something that I've thought this was what feels right for me I want my Instagram to look pristine I don't want it to be wrecked by a shot of like oh look at this sign that I saw haha <laughs> it's funny yeah. I think that's what yeah. my, maybe my personal Facebook page is about but I don't even do it on Facebook but that has been my approach and I was really happy to read that one of your um, things that you um, ask your photographers to do is to clean up their social media and so that when someone goes to look at their images they're not seeing guff basically yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely I to be quite honest I actually say with Instagram if you're not if you're not proud enough to show that um on your website or to a client then you shouldn't have it on your Instagram feed yep yep um and I'm of the mind at the moment where that I actually feel like there's a place for Instagram to for you to have several feeds representing each project that you do because the beauty of Instagram is the more single-minded you are with it, not just mm. in tone but also in theme, mm. the more followers you get. It's yeah. really strange. Yeah. I've actually asked yeah. my photographers in my group meetings to – remove shots and they've they've told me they've removed a hundred shots and got 200 followers <laughs> wow that's so interesting yeah so you know they're really into you know it's people want visual re- it's like a pop song you know people want patterns they recognize patterns they recognize familiarity they yeah. want it, they want that chorus yes to yeah, repeat yeah, yeah. itself yeah. so if you think of, about images like that um, it's the same. It's exactly the same visual recognition. So if you're shooting like Kerry Wilson, for example, who just shoots the ocean, that's yeah. all he does every day on yeah. his Instagram feed is a shot of yeah. the ocean. And people love that. And they just, because every day it's slightly different and it's really engaging. It's comforting too for the, for the yes. person who's, it's like they tune into the, you know, six o'clock news or they watch Neighbours at five o'clock or something, you yeah. know, it's that, it's that familiar um, yeah. and then they know what to expect and it's like, okay, I've seen my wave, uh, you know, I can start my day. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect yeah. sense. And so we're not bombarding people with too much information and confusing them and it, it's almost too messy and you don't know where to look. It's just like give them one thing, keep it simple, 
yeah. all makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. Amazing, Christina. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? I mean, I could keep going for another couple of hours, <laughs> <laughs> but at some point I need to wrap up. So is there anything sure. you, you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Well, I guess the only other thing to add is with websites, I did talk about how if you're just starting out, having a s- selection of really quality, yeah. beautiful, single minor work is good. But I also feel like it's that if you're a professional, if you've been doing it for a while and yeah. you've got a good body of work and it is all in the right style, and this is a mixture of personal and commercial, by the way, as yeah. long as it's in the right style, okay? Commercial work is fine as long as it – Here's my goal for anyone on their websites and out there. I want you, I want all photographers that, you know, that I work with to get commissions that look like their personal work. So to be able to produce beautiful commissions that they would do for themselves, that they would want to hang on their wall. That's what I would like for everyone. Um, and certainly as a starting point, you know, that's what you want clients to do. They want You want them to come to you because of your personal work. And when they look at your portfolio, I, I had um, feedback from one of the photographers whose work he'd taken his folio to a client and he was a, quite an inexperienced art director and quite junior. And he said, he flicked through the book and he said, oh, this is all personal work. So he, mm. there was some doubt in his mind as to the photographer's um Capability, but right. when he got to the end, because the way I do portfolios is I always have a thumbnail page on the end, which says what it was all for, which uh-huh. you know helps those slightly doughty Thomasy people. Um, and when he got to the end, he realised that half the work was actually commercial work, but he thought wow. it was personal. And wow. so then he went, "Oh wow!" And then of course they go back and relook at that show and go, "God, was that for a client? Oh my God!" Because at the end of the day, clients want to produce beautiful work. Yes. But the biggest mistake photographers make is that they look at billboards and ads and things mm. like that and think, oh, that's what the clients want. Well, yes. I can guarantee most of the time it's not what they wanted. Yeah. They probably hired a really amazing photographer to do a really beautiful job and Along the way, you know, the client mucked with it and took this out and made them add that and made them yeah. use weird lighting that doesn't work. And, yeah. and they ended up with something. Mm. Yeah, and they ended up with something that the art director is not necessarily happy with. And your and these photographers are looking at these billboards going, oh, that's what they want. I'll put that in my book. Exactly. That's such a good point, Christina, that that's uh, exactly what happens and I think um, – everything you have to say is amazing and you've also uh generously shared like and i'll put all of these in the show notes but you've got um some of your favorite books uh like the war of art i totally agree uh you've got uh some great links uh the is it sophie ebrard Ebrard, on how she became a photographer so the youtube link and uh jim carrey on how he visualized his success there's a few others in there um Now, you've got a favourite quote. Uh, you gave me four, <laughs> but there's one that I absolutely love and uh, give a man a fire and he's warm for a day. Set a man on fire and he's warm for the rest of his life. And it's like I think that's what you do with your clients. You give them uh, – 
that that sense of this is who I am. This is how, what I want. This is what I want to do with my photography, and this is how I'm going yeah. to do it. So it's like you give that sense of purpose, and I think in doing that, in finding those uh, personal projects that only you as a photographer that can can do because you can see feel think the way that you do that represents you you put that out there with the passion and authenticity of course it's going to people that's so attractive and so addictive absolutely absolutely um christina thank you so much for uh sharing all your knowledge and the course uh is amazing uh that you have and i've uh, had a peek around and there's just so much good content in there so um yeah amazing so thanks again and um yeah, hopefully we can uh, do this again soon because I, I feel like I've got another four hours that I could talk to you for. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to. All right, great. Thanks a lot, Christina. Bye. Thank, thanks, Gina. Wow, what an incredible woman. There's so much gold in there in that mm-hmm. discussion. Fantastic. Good I on know, you, Christina. No, thanks, Val. Yeah, and I could have gone on for like another four days and uh, yeah, Christina's yeah. got like so much amazing content and she's very generously uh, shared with us some links to uh, some YouTube videos that she finds are really inspiring that uh, I put th- those in the show notes as well as her favourite book and TED Talks, Val, uh, she's got a list of her favourite quotes and uh, some links to uh, photographers that she finds incredibly inspiring. So if anyone's interested in checking that out, uh, we'll put that in the show notes at GinaMilitia.com. And one of the things that I really liked was how she said that it's so important to work on personal projects. And in fact, I think that's important if you're any kind of creative. And I was speaking to an artist just this morning, actually, and she's talking because she gets a lot of commissions and bespoke commissions where she deals with the client and she, you know, works to their brief. And she says that she does have, you know, several of those going. uh, But while she has those, she says that it's very, very important that she also works on her own personal projects at the same time so that she's not only working on commissioned work or client work. It's so important to have that balance because otherwise you lose, you start to lose inspiration if you're not doing the stuff that feeds your soul. So exactly, totally exactly. agree with Christina on that. Yeah. Now, so yeah, sorry, Val. So just some key takeaways on that. Yeah. So just like basically define your best work, the, the, the work that you want the world to see at your best work, not everything, just uh, cull it back to the, you know, keep it simple and just show the shots, the strongest shots. You don't need to have a lot, but just the strongest ones. Find out the direction that you want to go in and like really work out who you are and uh, then define the clients that you want to target. It's like, it's pointless trying to target like a like everyone. I just want to show shoot for everyone you've got to really narrow it down and cater your folio that so that it speaks to them and uh and then make sure that you spend the time if you're going to be uh out there 
cold calling clients, then um, try and not make it cold like her term. Warm them up first. So so try ways to uh, get to know your clients so that when you do end up, and this was like one of my favourite points, when you do end up calling them, they're going to know who you who you are. And we've talked about uh, ways on the podcast that that you know you can use social media to just sort of um, be in their world on their radar so that they get to know they get to know you as well so it makes it a lot easier now i understand that christina has a special offer for our podcast listeners is that right has very generously offered a huge discount, a $400 discount off her Folio Blitz Sessions vow. Now, basically, uh, in her Folio Blitz Sessions, she'll uh, power through uh, up to 300 of your shots and then she'll select the heroes and then you get together with Christina via Skype and uh, she'll help you. You'll discuss direction and style and uh, anything else you want to cover and um, she'll... um, help you uh, determine how to target your clients or what are the best personal projects to focus on. So I think it's uh, it's uh, an awesome thing to do if you're at that stage in your career. And it's normally $950 New Zealand mm. dollars, but you get uh, $400 off mm. uh, if you want to take advantage of this special offer, which is a pretty fantastic discount. Now, the, you can check this out on the page on Christina's website. Go to christinaforce.net slash power hyphen blitz. So Christina spelled C-H. R-I-S-T-I-N-A, force, christinaforce.net slash power hyphen blitz. Now, if you are driving and you don't want to write that down, don't worry. You can come and have a look at the show notes at ginamilitia.com, the usual spot, and we will make sure that we put the link in the show notes as well. And so, just, sorry, Val, just yes. the, uh, the offer is available for only a month. So if in case you're listening in 2070. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it know, won't be around anymore. <laughs> won't be around anymore. So it's just for the next month. And hopefully we've still got listeners. Yes. Uh, 2070, probably lots of uh, robots at that point will be listening quite, to the show. Quite likely. All <laughs> right. So, um, we're going to move on now to hashtag Gina challenge. Now, while you have a think about that for our newbies, every week we have a hashtag Gina challenge where we have a different challenge and we think of a different theme or a topic or area of interest or genre every week. And, uh, we go into the podcast community on Facebook. And if you're not part of that, you have to join. It's free to join. All you need to do is search for, so you want to be a photographer podcast community on Facebook. And that is where we upload our interpretation of whatever that week's challenge is going to be. So what is this week's hashtag Gina challenge? Oh, well, I'm taking a page out of Christina Force's book this uh, week, Val. I'm going to have a hashtag authentic. Oh, I love it. Authentic, yes. Okay, so label your photo, hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag authentic, and you can interpret that however you like. We would love to see what you come up with. All right, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. Where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com and I'm at ginamilitia on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, 
YouTube. That's it, Val. What about you? <laughs> awesome. You'll find me at um, uh, at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, I'm in the podcast community on Facebook and feel free to connect with me on Facebook. I'm the Valerie Koo that lives in Sydney. And, of course, you'll find the show notes and also the opportunity to sign up to Gina's fantastic newsletter at ginamilitia.com. And make sure you do sign up because apart from getting some awesome tips from Gina on a regular basis, that you also get free Lightroom presets. Um, like a, a, approximately every month, Gina releases free Lightroom, Lightroom presets that are only available to people who are on the newsletter list. You won't find them anywhere else for free. You have to actually receive them in the newsletter. Uh, I mean, you can buy them, um, but obviously then you have to pay for them, but uh, newsletter subscribers get them for free. All right. You can find that at ginamilitia.com. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.